Good morning, Arrow. Hey, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful spring-like day in Carolina. Yeah, it's getting there in New York, slowly <laughs> but surely. How How is it by you, Ed? Warm? Uh, well, it's been a, a pretty a rainy winter here in Santa Monica. I love it, but uh, people are getting a little <laughs> bored with it. Yeah, I can imagine. What I love about the rainy weather, though, in California, Ed, is the fact that all of those lakes are filling back up. And the beauty of California is it, it, it's just it's it's nasty now, but it's going to be stunning in, in the days after. That's exactly right. And, and we've had drought and, and we're grateful for every bit of it. It sure wakes us up, doesn't it, about about nature and how things uh, you know happen? Because, I mean, it's, it's it's like, you know, we all we all thought of California as being that glorious place until that drought stepped in. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, something's not right here. You bet. Yeah. For you to write this book, I mean, author to author here, this, you, did you have to give yourself permission to be so transparent? Yeah, it's not easy. You know, I've, I've written, you know, in, in, for uh, a lot of actors and for movies where they're, the words are in the mouths of these very attractive, very well-dressed, very well-lit people over there. But this is the first person. And that required a leap. It required a certain determination on my part that I would just try to open myself and and trust what came out and think that people would want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when you first gave it to the editor because, you know, those editors are, are on a mission to make sure that, you know, what we have here is a product that we can sell. But, I mean, because when, when you start cleansing, you know, your journey onto a page, I mean, so much will come rushing out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, Initially, there were a couple of a couple of passes from editors who said, well, gee, you're not famous enough. And I said, that's not the point. The point is what was happening around me that I was able to observe. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly found some people that got that and they, you know, were willing to take this this bet. And it now seems to be paying off because we we just made the New York Times bestseller list, man, and that was a dream. <laughs> I love the way that you use the word observe because, you know, I, I call that a silent watcher. In other words, you stand on the sidelines and you observe and then you become better at your craft and your skills. That's exactly right. It's being a witness, mm-hmm. being a real true witness where you're actually listening and paying attention. And uh, it's remarkable how few people do. I, I laughed pretty hard when, when you were talking about the people that, that you've worked with, from psychopaths to saints, because, I mean, even inside the radio world, we have some crazy people, but we also have some people that we don't want to stop loving. No, I mean, you know, nothing is a monolith. No no institution is made up all the same people, and that's the beauty part. It's just that as time goes on, you try to, you know, pick and choose and try to create your world around you, and, you know, you've had a couple of tough experiences but you've had more of them that are that are wonderful and and thrilling how did you deal with those moments because there even even 44 years in the radio industry there are moments that i did in in the 1970s where i'm going man i wish i would have made a better decision or i wish they wouldn't have said that to me (laughs) well i i guess i i'm not a regretful person i don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of room but some things i think about are about myself so i wish that i had been bolder Mm. or i wish i had I wish I hadn't given so much of a damn, you know, that I could have actually um, been freer at an earlier moment. I found that at a certain point. But what would it have been like to have been like that even sooner? Wow. The name of the book is Hits, Flops, and Other Illusions, My 40-something Years in Hollywood. I, I, I like that word flops because I think flops is a learning word. It's, it's, it's like there's no such thing as failure. It's a lesson learned. And, and did, you, did you learn from the flops? 
Absolutely. It's the only way you learn. Mm -hmm. I think success is oddly um, mystifying. I think it makes you anxious. You don't quite know what happened. The, you know, the stars aligned and things work. But when you when you when you screw up, when something doesn't work, you apply a set of critical evaluations and standards that you might not otherwise do. You also learn that it didn't really matter as much. You think your life is going to be over, but it isn't. You get up and you do it again and you find your way back on your feet. And so the next time, it's not like you don't care as much, but you're a little bit more detached from your mm -hmm. emotional validation from your center. And that, I think, makes your work even better. Yeah, yeah. I call that fermenting. In other words, I have to step away for from, from a little bit. I have to go be a listener, or e even when I'm recording music and things, I have to be able to step away and go be somebody else. I can't be that artist inside that studio. I also think that if you think about, about a f how fields lie fallow for a bit in order to regain their nurturing, mm -hmm. that's part of what you're saying. Did you write it one word at a time or did you set out to write a full book? In other words, you know, as an author, you know, we all sit there and go, okay, we're going to write the book and then you get frustrated because it's not coming out the way you want it to. But if you take it one word at a time, because you've got such a connection here, I love the way you write. Well, thanks. I, 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 um, I, I, I didn't know how one writes a book because it was my first one. I knew how to write a movie, you know, but I just try to let it, uh, I tried to feel it from an interior, internal place and not judge myself. I did not admit that I was writing a book for the first two or three months. Wow. I was just writing these sketches. And I would keep a little file. You know how we keep files in our computers mm -hmm. and, and I, you name files? I named this file B-K. <laughs> I didn't want to even call it a book because I felt that would put too much pressure on myself. <laughs> How did you tap into that creative energy? Because, I mean, you have to show up. There is a daily discipline when it comes to writing. Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that it began during COVID when there was nothing else to do, that right. certainly helped. But eventually you find a rhythm. I've always been a pretty disciplined writer. And I just gave myself over to this. And I I, I, I didn't give myself a, a, you know, a schedule as to how much it was going to get done a day. But I had to get something done. And I would almost do it, I'm gonna get past this moment. And whether that moment took a page or 10 pages, that's how I, how I sort of paced myself. As that writer, are you like Jerry Seinfeld and you carry the yellow notebook pad or, or do, you, do, you, do you go right into the computer? Yeah, the earlier I can get to work, the better I am while you're still fresh and there are no distractions and all of that. I'm, I'm best when I can just approach it early in the morning with a clear head. I'm pretty much done by noon. And if I, you know, I can start at six or seven in the morning and I'm, I'm ready to face the rest of the world by then. Oh, I totally get that. Because I mean, even with morning show radio, we're, we're, I'm up at 2.45 in the morning. I want to be rocking. I want to get this thing done. And then this way, by, like you said, 12 noon, I've got a day in front of me that I can enjoy. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What have you learned about you in putting this book together? Because as you were writing it, you had to have been a student. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I've learned that that um, the however much I thought I was in control, that I thought I was driving the train, that there was a train that was going to go um, regardless of me and that I could actually at times be along for the ride rather than having to feel I was trying to put my, you know, chop myself up and, and, and fire the engine with my, with my body parts. I, I was able to actually experience the ride better. 
Hmm. We're this generation that we're, you know, we grew up with only three networks, but now you look at what's going on in the world and there are so many uh, choices to put our works of art. How have you evolved with the streaming as well as where people are getting, and soon it's going to be the VR goggles where people are going to watch a movie. How, as, as that creator, how is it changing you? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've watched changes take place even during my own life. I mean, I've watched, you know, what's happened when there are VHSs and then yep. DVD. Yep. And, and I think that form does dictate content. So I'm going to be changed by it, whether I like it or not, if I want to continue to participate in it. Yeah. And I think I, I vowed that I would be supple because I love the process so much. I still want to be in the process. I don't want to be looking backwards and saying, oh, those were the days because I don't give a darn about the days. I just give a darn about today. So you're still hungry then? You're, you, you've you got that drive oh, I, to make I it do. happen? I do. And, 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 and I hope I always will. People live off that. When, you know, the people that we surround ourselves, they, they, they know what your energy is all about and they like to tap into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the people that you want around you. And I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by those people for a long time. And, and, and they, you know, you feed off each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, you know, Tom Cruise, how many movies has he made and how much money and how, what stardom he, he, it's the high of doing it. It's the joy of doing it that drives him. It's nothing else. One of the things that published authors go through when they release a book is it's that mourning period because well, I mean you you've been busting your tail to get this book done and now that you've released it and you've basically given it to us the readers you've got this blank space in front of you how do you fill that space up? Well, I'm a little bit lucky in that I have a day job. <laughs> My day job is trying to make movies and television, so I can actually say this was a moment. Maybe that moment will come again. I hadn't planned to be a, a writer of books. I loved it. Um, it was hard, but I did love it. And maybe there'll be another day for it. But frankly, I'm 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 able to say, all right, this there's some closure and there's some real delight in talking to people like this. And you know, readers are different. Readers are really paying attention. It's not like moviegoers. Right. You know, the people that read a book feel like they've spent time with you, and they have something to say. And and that's been a pleasure. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of back to uh, I'm back to the movie business these days. You know, I, I have people that will come up to me and say, I before I read a book, I have to hear the author's voice. I want to know what they poured into it so that when I go to that page, I know exactly what they were feeling. Plus, I'm hearing their voice in a podcast. And then when I go and, and read the book, I'm hearing their voice. Well, that's why I'm here with you today. And that's why I'm doing these things, because I do think that there's a very personal connection that you make. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 that's uh, one reason why, why I even read the book on Audible, because I wanted people to hear me tell that story. And I want to thank you for doing that on Audible, because it, that really is that relationship. When I'm driving to work and I'm listening to Audible, you're the, you're the person over there in the passenger seat of my car. And the way that you read it is, man, it's dynamic. And you can tell that you're coming from an entertainment background. Good. I'm glad. To read it, though, the listeners don't understand how many was there a lot of editing? No, but it takes a long time. You know, it was like six studio. It was a chore. <laughs> I, I was the voice on The Secret. And I was I was so excited about that until you know you get up to page 56 and you still have 200 to go. And it's like, what? Come on now. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so bringing out the best in an actor. I know what it's like to be with radio people when you're really kind of shaping them. Did, was there any what, what kind of structure do you really go for? 
Oh gosh, I, I, I just, I just, I was very intuitive. I thought, I thought I, I, I would make sketches as, as if you're like a drawing. I would, I would sketch the people out, and then I would fill in the details. See, that's brilliant right there. That's the kind of stuff that you, you know, we need to watch on TED Talk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dude, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You'd be brilliant today, okay? All right. Thanks.